welcome, welcome to the seventh episode of the second apocalypse. Jacob's peeing. Oh no, he's here. Are we live? We're live. Hey. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss the book that we all love. What's the series called? The second the apocalypse. Second apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, and we're on uh, chapter seven of the darkness that comes before. Indeed. Indeed. Sorry, I'm uh, desperately looking for what I decided I was this week. Oh, shit. It's uh, not going to be anything. You always come up with the funniest things. No. Yeah. Last week, I did feel good about being the thumbs that, like, thumbs that got cut off while they were watching TikTok. Like, swiping <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> Like a situation, I don't know what situation they were in, but yeah, they were watching TikTok and then both their thumbs got cut off. <laughs> and those thumbs. There was some severed fingers pretty quick in this chapter too. Yeah, that's, oh dude, the the beginning of this chapter is fucking crazy. Oh wait, where is it? What, the fingers? Nah, sorry, I'm tripping. I wanted to be the, uh, the king who is uh, king of the pirate stronghold. Where the fuck is that? I'll get to oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about. We got some really good name. Like, this chapter is just like a litany of good names. It really is. Oh, this is chapter eight, not seven. My bad. Oh, my Did bad. Did you read chapter seven or eight? Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just put uh, chapter seven on the stream name. My bad. Shameful. We're on chapter eight. What's up, B-Rad? Damn ads before I can't watch this fantastic sorcerer stream. My bad. I don't even really know how to turn the ads off. But, um, you know, you're just putting food on the table. It's about point zero zero three cents mm-hmm. per view of the ad. So, um, no, nah, but thanks for putting up with that. I know it's annoying. I'll just be Gothielk, the Earl of Agansonor today. <laughs> okay. That's good. Okay, I didn't even thought about what Fuck. I am. I, yeah, I didn't even ask uh, you. I was just obsessed with my own. Will you ask me? What are you today? I think that I'm a Nazgul that is really having a hard time going to the bathroom. <laughs> like uh, kidney stones or something? Sure. What is it? Prostate something? Uh, Why do like you old a, guys like have to pee all the time? A Nazgul that had its prostate removed. <laughs> it just dropped out? <laughs> yeah. It dropped out. Oh, okay, cool. Um... Not much, B-Rad. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? Um, I'm excited to be here. Oh, uh, st- story, non-story. Been looking for this comb. Uh-huh. Purple comb, whole mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. Parked right outside your house where I always park. Mm-hmm. Opened my door, and it was on the ground right there. Seriously? I dropped it last week. It was in the exact same spot that's right cool. when I opened my car door. That's crazy. Yeah. In the driveway? Across the street. Oh, across the street. Yeah. It's because uh, nobody picks up litter in Nashville, no. Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, How are you feeling? I feel good. Yeah, school prostate hole? I, oh, um, B-Rat says we need the opening music. Do you have the... Oh, uh, uh, I don't have the... Uh, the, the sorceress. The artifact. The no. electric... King Gangjigoy? No. Um, Keep going, I'll find it. 
I'm, I'm pretty good. I feel more relaxed than I did earlier. I spent a lot of time alone at home, like, doing stuff, but I feel kind of isolated a little bit. Mm -hmm. But whenever Patricia gets home and you get here, I'm, like, partying, you know? Mm -hmm. I made a good meal. Delicious meal. Sweet potato? Sweet potatoes. Or are they yams? Sweet potatoes. Don't up, know the difference. What's up, Cup Pro? I don't know the difference. Can't help you. We should ask the chat. Oh, there we go. It's a little sampling. Sorry about that. I hope Thou is cool with it, but I don't see why they wouldn't be. Yeah. Nerds. Um, we should ask the chat what they are. Yo, let us know what you guys are today. What are you got? What are you? If you had to describe yourself as something other than maybe your human form. The penile sleeve of a... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, you could be a synthes or, like, a tree or the river Phaeus. Phaeus? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just got, com like... I don't think this is even a phrase, but I felt compounded by all of the names in this. It's just every direction, like you with the boxing gloves, every direction. Yeah. It was awesome to listen to, but I was like, I'm like, it's in one ear out the other, but I'm having a good time. Good. Good. Calfron <laughs> <laughs> says, feeling greased and pendulous. Amazing. <laughs> B-Red comes in hot with just... Lamp. Lamp. <laughs> Dude, fuck. <laughs> we got a lively crowd this evening. Hell yeah. I love it. People yeah, start too. other people start trickling in, we can ask them to. Um Shall I read the first Oh please opening please go for it. Shall I read the Kunrayan proverb? Yeah. They only them Kunrayans. <laughs> you know what they say about them Kunrayans. Oh yeah. Here's what they say. They say Kings never lie. They demand the world be mistaken. I enjoy that. Yeah. It fits right in with my anti-authoritarian uh, beliefs. Mm -hmm. Say anything bad about kings, I'll probably like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I don't really know who the Kenryans are, to Can be honest with you. Yeah, I'll look it up. Three C's, motherfuckers, probably. Yeah. And then the, um, the next passage, the beginning passage, is from Elikaros... Avawal? Av Avawals? Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> when we truly apprehend the gods, the, the Nilnameshi sages say, we recognize them not as kings, but as thieves. This is among the wisest of blasphemies, for we always see the king who cheats us, never the thief. What do you think? I don't know, man. It's over my head. Oh, yeah? That was the one I really grabbed onto. Yeah, tell me about it. So, again, talk shit on kings. I'm very down with it. Um, but uh, I wrote a long note, as you can see, for this. Yeah. Um, here's what I wrote. I'm not really good at reading and then freestyling at the same time, so I'll just list it. Damn, I'm noticing spelling errors, too. Shameful. My own, not the book. Uh, we expect the thief to be a thief. It's uproarious that Kellis and others act. Pardon me. It's uproarious. No uh, squiggly red line under that, too. I was like, damn, I think that's a legit word in the dictionary. Uproarious? Yeah. Yeah. I was just taking a shot in the dark there. Oh, that's a word. Um, I think. I believe so. The squiggly red line of God 
yeah. did not appear. Anyway, sorry. It's uproarious that Kellis and others in power act in ways in which they're not supposed to due to their position, like abusing their power, being like not noble kings, whatever, mm-hmm. even though they're just human beings. Like, that's how people treat it. Um, however, I took this passage to mean that we as readers should not expect characters to act in ways which are not in their personality. So, Kellis is always going to be Kellis manipulating, scheming, and like, I mean, in his mind, is just doing fucking calculus. Um, it's almost like we shouldn't act, act like, or we shouldn't think that he's going to really... Um, <clears throat> be benevolent or that there's any like emotional reasons for his actions yeah um as going to do anything for kids like that's sort of the essence of well that's one of the essences of her personality i think so you could see that you know she's gonna unlatch um the, what's the dude's name kelmomus baby yeah. kelmomus in the end yeah yeah i was just thinking smarmus which is is dead evil or he's the evil twin his dead good twin mm-hmm. um or at least his dead, like, stupid twin. Yeah. <laughs> olive oil on the thing. Dude, the olive oil is <laughs> brutal. Something about the just, like, there you just had some olive oil laying around. Yeah. They like oil. There's a lot of oil. <laughs> Greased and pendulous. <laughs> kind of makes me just want to put olive oil, like, on a doorknob now. Just to fuck with people. Yeah. But you know what? What I if there's would... a fire, though? You <laughs> <laughs> You can't open the door. <laughs> the you ever think about like, that? No. <laughs> obviously not. Yeah, they're like, the door was unlocked, but nobody, <laughs> nobody seemed... Everyone it died was. with their hands by the doorknob. Yeah, horrible. Prius is just going to be Pius... Pius... Should I give up? No. <laughs> Pius Prius and try to be a good servant. Anyway. Yeah. We see the king who cheats us, never the thief. So, we get mad when somebody acts in ways in which we think they should not act. Hmm. But even those that are acting, like, immorally or criminally like a thief, we see them, we expect that to happen, and so that's, like... (laughs) It just made me think of the Joker in fucking Dark Knight. Love the Joker in the Dark Knight. Love Heath Ledger's Joker, but it's just, I don't know, corny meme territory. Yeah. It's like... Everybody freaks out. He like oh, burns yeah. the money and just like goes wild card mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really throwing off the uh, status quo. Yeah. Anyway, that was a. I think a that's good cool. Ramble. It kind of it is a good ramble. <laughs> um, it's like they're all on their like Nayor would say that they're all like their tracks or whatever. They're on their yes. rails, <clears throat> which is kind of like deterministic or something which is cool mm-hmm. like i feel like baker will probably have a lot to say about determinism in general yeah um but the characters are like it's kind of um like the in the greek like, like the fates in greek mythology or something mm-hmm. like the way that mythology um kind of interacts with the concept of fate um what you said makes me think about that like kind of the tragic characters doing things over and over again that they are just getting them into trouble but it's because mm-hmm. of they just that's who they are i don't know yeah good they have good character development yeah and no i appreciate your contextualization your additions to it because i think that makes more sense of what i was like trying to spit out and i was wondering we don't have to get into it as much i just might pose the question um respond if you want to but 
I was trying to figure out if anybody has a character arc in these um, in this series, and I guess by that I mean their character changes or learns a lesson or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kellis kind of mm-hmm. stays Kellis. I'd say he, so. He obviously his position changes, but his besides the whole um, thing on the circumfix, I think he stays the same. As Minette, I think has sort of an arc where she. Um, really comes into her own and grasps power and starts to believe that she like deserves stuff and like order people around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, I'd say has been that for sure. Yeah, Akamian. I don't know. I, I feel like his personality is kind of the same. He just his motivation becomes real. Like the consult, he had no purpose. He's bumbling around, and then now he like knows the consult's real, but he still fucks off and hides in a tower for 20 years yeah he sure does yeah proyas is just still trying to lick the boots of whoever he thinks is the right yeah right person he will eventually lose faith though right i think so but that's probably his main like big character arc or big character changes his drifting into faithlessness after being pwned by (laughs) kellis yeah it just gets brutally taught (laughs) horrible talk yeah um should we jump into this chapter yeah please please take the microphone away from my mouth no you're good also hello salt king welcome all right and he says um i heard the kenryans have bajunka in the trunka (laughs) (laughs) shit dude we have a funny chat I enjoy it. Funnier yeah. than me, for sure. Um, B-Rad <laughs> says, Proyas at the end sees the light. He sure does. So sad. Yeah, he's all crumpled up. Yeah. Um, I'm so confused as to which side the camera's on. Oh. Oh, yeah, can I tell you a nonsense story? Sure. <laughs> I went to, uh, I snuck in to see the Batman movie by myself, um, March. Uh-huh. And there was, I think, about six people in there. And That's chill. <laughs> there were these bros behind me that were all cracking beers and stuff. Ugh. And I was like looking back and laughing. Not like, I don't know. <laughs> you were taunting them. I was like, ah! <laughs> and um, they were like, Psst, you want a beer? And I had snuck in a LaCroix. And I was just over there and I held it up in the air and I cracked it. And they were like, yeah! That is hilarious. <laughs> and they left with like 45 minutes to go in the movie. <laughs> All four of I'm them. I'm bored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this sucks. I felt like I was the most cleverest, broest, mm-hmm. little Kellis move. Kind of like Man- Charles Manson, actually. He used to make everybody take drugs, but he would always take a much smaller dose or mm. not at all. Mm-hmm. He was just a little, little short rat king. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Should we start this chapter. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. I feel so... ashamed of my contribution. <laughs> no, you're good. So this is chapter eight. Um, it's titled Mumum and it starts out on the Juniati step, though. Totally fucking different <clears throat> place, bruh. So we start off with your Sulka of the Utamut, and he's awaking with a start. Um. He is waking to the sound of Nair Erskiotha stalking into back into the campsite. <laughs> like um, the last thing you want to awake to. Yeah, he thinks it's his son. He's like, he, I guess his son's name is 
Ogatha or Agatha. He says, Augie. He's wondering. <laughs> he's like, this might be my son. But he says something kind of cool. It's um not like super significant to the story, but he says, he's thinking about his son, and he says, the boy was mischievous, which was why your Sulka doted on him so. But throwing stones at his father's yaksh in the dead of night, was that mischief or malice? I don't know. I just think that's a cool line. Yeah, do all Skilvendi fear their sons rising up to kill them and take their place? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. If the most powerful person is in charge, it seems like you got to always be on your toes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also, I feel like Augie is kind of like a soft-ass name for Skilvendi. <laughs> it does It does show um, some just kind of, yeah, like softer sweetness. Because he oh, definitely. even mentions, like he mentions that he's he dotes on his kid. Like he likes his kid, you know. It's kind of sweet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Get doted. Um... But it's not his son, it's neighbor. <laughs> um and so he leans down outside of his tent and he realizes that a section of his kid's finger is there and um that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's definitely not good. Plus it's not even a whole finger. No, a like, section of a child's finger. It's just like the tip of it or something. Or like even worse, the like the the trunk. <laughs> like where's the tip of the finger? That's what I was thinking. It's like how do you I I don't know, I thought it might take me a while to identify what this part of a finger would be if it just I don't know, rolled under my yaksh flap. Your, yeah, your flap. <laughs> um but anyway, he he thinks to himself this isn't happening. Um, there's some cool setting stuff, like we're just getting some information on what the step looks like, and it, um, it says, incandescent white cracked the sky, and for an instant he saw the entire world, the desolate horizon, the sweep of distant pastures, the surrounding yaksh of his kinsmen, and the lone figure standing not more than a dozen yards away, watching. <laughs> and it's a... Cinematic. Near... <clears throat> he says, I found your son wandering the steppe, so I've returned him to you. <laughs> and then he throws a cabbage at him. <laughs> I think it's his head. Uh, but it just... It, <laughs> it is not sure yet. <laughs> it is his head. But dude, like, you see, you can identify a section of a finger, but then you just get cabbaged. <laughs> Maybe he's just really in denial. Yeah. He's waking up. I guess it's like, you can imagine what it would be like to get hit in the chest... If somebody threw a cabbage at you. Oh, yeah. So Better than a head, for example. Yeah, more than a head. <laughs> a lot more likely yeah. to get a cabbage thrown at you than a head, at least in in, uh, in this, this economy. Yeah. yeah. This freaking... <laughs> in the inflation. Uh, <laughs> supply chain issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all these supply chain issues. Um, we are getting some cool character explanation, or like... Um, Character description of Nayor. Um, a, your Sulka sees him as a hulking wraith, wild, and as elemental as thunder and rain. Um, I don't know. It's cool. He's like being portrayed. He's in his, like, Nayor. Is he a demon or is he a human? What is he kind of mode right now? Yeah. Um, well, literally, I mean, um, he, the blackness asks, who am I? Which is... No God esque, but mm -hmm. yeah, you're, I 
think you're perfectly right. Like, is elemental. It's just like Eldritch, mm -hmm. <laughs> the evil unknown figure hulking in the lightning. Yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Mm -hmm. I love Nayor. He's like always. He's a very um, dramatic kind of guy. He never misses a chance. No, to be fucking. I don't know. I love him. I feel like his dong is totally free and. Pendulous right now. Yeah. He's <laughs> probably pretty greased up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, it, it made me think of um, Kid Cudi and X. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> the yeah, shadow of like, like, Yeah. <laughs> super long. <laughs> like, to his fucking knees. Um, yeah. And then, well, what then what happens? <clears throat> um, he has uh, one of those... Uh, Sort of like villain, super villain speeches where you say some epic shit before you kick somebody's ass or yeah. kill them. Which, like, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't miss a chance if that was me either, but it's funny because in their world there's no audience or camera or something. Right. If you're just going to kill somebody, they're not going to remember the epic speech you gave yeah. them. Yeah, but no, I love it. It's one of Nayer's, one of his mini monologues. Mm -hmm. to come right yeah he says um i will blot you out hunt you down well he's mad i'm <laughs> obviously i'm uh skipping a lot but he slaps uh slaps him open-handed as though he were a slave so like mm -hmm. demeaning mm -hmm. um i am your end before your eyes i will put your seed to the knife i will quarter your carcass and feed it to the dogs your bones i will grind to dust and cast to the winds I will strike down those who speak your name or the name of your fathers until your circle, you'll, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> your circle? Yep. <laughs> your your so sulka. Thank you. <laughs> Becomes as meaningless as infant babble. I will blot you out, hunt down your every trace. The track of your life has come to me and it goes no further. I am your end. Your utter obliteration. Dude. <laughs> It's such overkill. Like, nobody is questioning whether or not Nayer can kill this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. like, who is he talking to? There's nobody even awake. It's, it's true. It's just a piece of baby finger or a kid finger. Yeah. A cabbage head. And, and this guy. Yeah. I mean, obviously his wives come out and everything, and some other people do, but... <clears throat> Um, he feels the uncanny sensation of being gouged hollow. <laughs> and then he th um, that's how I would describe it as uncanny. <laughs> yeah, very uncanny. Um, he skids and slaps into the mud, convulsing about his entrails. And then it, in italicis, it's just, I'm dead. <laughs> like, like, imagine if you've been gouged hollow and you're on the ground and you like have the very very literal thought I'm dead <laughs> it's kind of chill it made me think of when our friend Sam woke up dead remember that? no <laughs> he just was I don't know he woke up one morning and he was convinced he was dead <laughs> <laughs> he said he was terrified he was like I'm dead I know I'm dead <laughs> I mean maybe he wasn't well he's not now <laughs> yeah yeah. I just want to jump to the chat real quick. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot. B-Red said a head would hurt th getting a head thrown at you. Mm -hmm. I looked it up. He human head weighs 11 pounds or 5 kilo kilograms. 
That definitely hurt. I'm gonna yeah. guess a cabbage is maybe two or three, depending on water weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depending on the on the economy at the time. The humidity is what gets you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah, eleven pounds is a lot. Uh, Birat also mentions the um, I believe. <laughs> why he mentioned the term baby arm is to describe um Nair's pendulous dog ah yes swaying in the storm <laughs> with it's five fingers <laughs> five finger dong punch <laughs> dude we're never gonna finish <laughs> this chapter oh hell yeah uh we got a lot of good... Okay, head would hurt, baby arm. Kama, what's up? Thank you for joining us. Um, I love the crew. Um, he is hate. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's true. <clears throat> and then Kelpron says, someone made a metal song with that Nayer quote, by the way. Holy shit. Fist included. I'll pull this up, but I probably won't play it, just in case there's like some copyright stuff. Looks epic. It looks very cool. This is what it looks like, everyone. You can see my uh, recommended Asmongold videos. Has it got Therapy Gecko on there? <laughs> no. The Vanishing of Flight 370, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, okay, what's happening in this chapter? Um, your Soka gets pwned. Uh, let's see. And yeah, Nair just kind of reinserts himself back into the situation back into his village it's his village right like that's it's his people yeah i think these are his like kinsmen yeah um and he is kind of cute and sweet to his wife one of his wives yeah this is the one that he talks about loving right yeah why is she freaking out just because he's Uh, on a he's in hate mode yeah it probably just well she probably hasn't seen him in a long time true and, I don't know, and women are, like, portrayed as fucking hysterical in this yeah. book. Like, um, yeah. But, yeah, he says, it's me, Anisi, with sh- and he says that with shameful tenderness. I am whole. It's very sweet. Yeah, I didn't realize that, I didn't notice it, that, I highlighted that passage, but I didn't notice the shameful tenderness. It's funny that he feels shame at love i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i i wonder um if nayer really loves anymore throughout the books i mean i guess he really he loves sirwa or sirway or whatever but not really in like a lovey-dovey kind of way yeah it's his prize it's not i mean it she is his prize she's an object rather than like a person with agency right yeah i don't know it's definitely not his um well i was gonna say it's not his motivation but there's the whole motivation of the weird love and hate he's got for daddy malingus in the i don't know the he kills him kisses him and kills him at the same time yeah oh i freaking love that scene dude now he's got a lot going on oh yeah (laughs) i love him my favorite character i probably say that too much but uh so that's going on there's a whole bunch of commotion it's raining um (laughs) he says some funny stuff well this isn't funny but he 
watches... Okay, so your soul goes on the ground, like, bleeding out, and he sees... He watches him catch his youngest daughter by the hair, snuff out her squeal with sharp iron. For a grisly moment, she remained fixed on his blade, and he shook her like a skewered doll. <laughs> it's just some real brutal near violence. Um, there's some screaming, there's some wa- howling and wallowing, um, and then... <laughs> The uh, Nair snarls, is this Zinnerit's misbegotten cunt? <laughs> In reference to somebody he grabbed or whatever. Um, and then I'm pretty sure he, it's like... It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's very brutal. And I'm pretty sure he, like, takes somebody's bowels and, like, wrap, wraps them around something. <laughs> yeah. Looped his bowel, like, rope around his scarred arms. <laughs> Whose arms, do you think? Uh, I think that your Sulka was watching Nair loop your Sulka's own bowels around Nair's own arms. <laughs> That's my best guess. No, yeah, I think you're it, right. It could be any... It's a pile of blood and guts, but... Yeah. No, but I, I think you're right. <laughs> Just imagining, like... That would be fucking horrific. Yeah. You'd get sepsis, <laughs> too. Well, like, if your guts are out in, in this economy, I don't know if you're <laughs> going to worry about sepsis. True. You're going to make it to that point. True. But, I don't know, maybe... It's a good thing to consider. Yeah, man. You gotta stay safe. Always gotta worry about sepsis, I guess. It'll get you. Mm-hmm. Neil get you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Did that uh, lamp die? No, it's just kind of weird. It like... Oh. Nice. It's the bowel rope septic magic of the Gnostic realm. Yeah. Totally <laughs> Gnostic. <laughs> Alright, well, there's, there's that scene. Um, pretty brutal. Uh, let's see. Well, we get a little insight into um, going back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just more insight into the Skelvendi. Um They are okay. So not because they feared their lunatic chieftain, but because it was the way. And that's saying um, he glimpsed the callous eyes of his tribesmen and knew they would do nothing. So just mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I yeah. told you it was the way. Yeah, and he mentions when he, in his killing monologue, Nair mentions the track of your life has come to me, which I think is the same as, you know, it's very intertwined with their way and the trackless step and, you know, Nair being like the one who steps out of the trackless, or who realizes the step is trackless. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's always like kind of bound by the tracks as well. Yeah. I don't know. That popped out in my head too. Also, this phrase um, that he said in the dark when he was hulking out: "Some things are broken." The voice grated from the darkness. Pardon me. Some things broken. The voice grated from the darkness are never mended. And I think that he's talking about himself. How he thinks he's irredeemable. Mm. And I mean, I don't know if he is or not, but he. By the way he acts, he makes sure he is irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, definitely. Well, it, I mean, Kama said, whenever he mentioned he is hate, like, right. he is totally an embodiment of hate. Yeah. And including self-hatred. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. He just, like, decided to take that track, and he's, like, rarely going to step away from it. Mm-hmm. We can learn a lot from him. Yeah. I think he's your favorite better. character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we also got some more chat. Um, B-Rad validated your water weight joke about the cabbage. Dude, you gotta always calculate the water weight. Remember, a gallon is eight pounds. Oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. <clears throat> yeah, monkey, it's the monkey pox now. And then Kelfron in reference to the, the poop sepsis and safe sex tips for Srank. Dude, if uh, Srank or if Nayer wore a condom, it would be made out of bowel rope. <laughs> you just like tie a knot and then uh, like bite through it and rip off a chunk of it. If a Srank made a condom, is that what you're saying? Yeah, or Nayer. Yeah. Nair would never use a condom. No, but I'm just thinking of gruesome shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. most definitely. Oh, wow, Corey condom. Shit. <clears throat> oh, yeah, B-Rat earlier um, said he was going to be here in person in the Discord in the Discord chat. So that's kind of funny. And then he said, I was lamp. Remember how he said he was a lamp? Yeah. And then there was a lamp. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> got me, dude. Neil Gitcha. <laughs> Neil Gottma. <laughs> you Neil Gottma. Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. Number one, Ursank, Ursank Leash Recommend. Number one, Ursank Leash Recommend. I think it's nine out of ten dentists recommend Ursank Leash. <laughs> yeah. And then that one doctor is just freeballing it. Yeah. Yeah. Using Corey condoms. His dick is pointing down instead of curving up against his belly. <laughs> yeah. Like a freaking... I don't know, dude. Uh, Alright, I feel like that concludes the Juniati step portion. Yeah. Now we're in Mummum. Yeah. Unless you have anything else. No, I just thought it was kind of funny. It announces the chapter Mummum and yeah. then it immediately jumps to the Jayanati step, but I don't know how the fuck else I would have organized it either, so. Yeah. Eh. I, I just, that. it was just one of those things, like, when I notice a m spelling error in a book where I'm like, yeah, gotcha, I'm better than you. They can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're back in Malmum. Um, the vulgar holy war is cooking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to take it from there? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, they set the scene since Maithenet's declaration of the Holy War a year and a half earlier. So this is, I mean, this is interesting information. It's been a year and a half. Um, untold thousands gathered around Momum's walls, so people are building up in the, um, uh, what the fuck, whatever it's called. The vulgar Holy War is gearing up to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty disturbing reports of just kind of chaos and violence making its way to Maithenet, and um, apparently Maithenet, it was said, wept at the news of all these atrocities. So it's like the Inreath here, just kind of killing each other, like pillaging and stuff, yeah. having, a, having a bad time. I really did not notice that it skipped a year and a half, but I even just checked the date, and the last chapter was uh, Summer 4110. And then now we're autumn forty one eleven, so yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out to me. Sure, just I like when things kind of build in time like that for it to be realistic, or it's not like fast travel. Yeah, like in Game of Thrones, whenever like somebody from um, I don't know, I can't think of the names, but they like travel like fucking so far. Yeah, the worst one is the when they're on the lake battling the fucking. Uh. White Walkers, and they send a rave. The dude runs a marathon, sends a raven south, and then yeah. Danny flies up, and they're still like just chilling. Just on in the yeah. Lake. Although, is that the last season? That was the seventh season, so no, it wasn't the 
Eighths was the last. I love that book series slash TV show. Even though the shitty parts. I yeah. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, <clears throat> old ass news, but it's crazy to me how much everybody but the writers put everything into making that show amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they just fucked it up so bad at the end. I I know it's controversial, but I am, like, so down with the end that they made. I'm so down with it. I thought it was great. Right on. Yeah. But uh, lots of people don't like it. Yeah, I think... I think we just needed more. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm assuming the end is how things would would mostly end in George R. R. Martin's mind. But it kind of just went there in, like, ten seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That's very true. Anyway, uh, it's important. I want you to have your joy. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you, dude. No, I, you know I'm I'm usually such a hater about things, but um. Now here's your favorite character. Yeah. Um. Sorry. So it's important to know that all this shit that's happening with the various people, um, like there was a story of Nereza Barisalus, the king of Sirange, and perhaps the wealthiest <laughs> man in the three seas. Uh, when several thousand Tidoni who contracted his ships defaulted on their payment, he sent them to the island of Faraxis, an old pirate stronghold of King Raushang of Thunyersis, <laughs> demanding they storm the isle in lieu of monies owed. They did, and with abandon. Of course they did with abandon. Thousands of innocents perished. Enrithi innocents. Um, so, I just... I think earlier I alluded that these incidents were part of the vulgar holy war, but that's not accurate. These are like just the shit that's just happening with all the movement happening in the world um, as a, in, in response to Mithnet's call. That's who I was looking for earlier. Though. Yeah. That's, Thank you. You're welcome. I wish we had a pirate stronghold. Um, we probably, it's probably like. East Africa in the ocean. I was gonna say, yeah, I was thinking like Madagascar or something. I don't know. It's East Africa. Yeah. They had pirates there. Yeah, it's probably not nearly as fun as I want it to be. Pirates? <laughs> Just, yeah, what a pirate stronghold would be now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably not cool. It's like shitty boats and AKs and stuff. Yeah. And, I want and it to poverty be like, and like oh, yeah. colonialism. You know? I want it to be like the. Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland before they put the movie stuff into it, mm-hmm. where it was just like corny animatronics and stuff. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Little pirate songs and didn't know what rape was. Yeah, but, but now I do because <laughs> <laughs> you read the book. Yeah. Um, Kama says that this part is like reading a history. This is very accurate, <clears throat> very true. Yeah, I was thinking like how many times I said, and I think we together have said there's. Not a lot of plot has happened in certain chapters, where it's just like a, a big, um, you know, world developing conversation or something like that. This is just like straight up plot for half the chapter. Mm. It's just telling us all this gnarly big shit that's happened. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows Mathenet being sad, and he immediately placed all of House Nereza under trial censure. So he's just kind of, you know, punishing people, trying to get his shit together. Um, and, but he says, none of these incidents provoked anything approaching the uproar caused by the march of what came to be called the vulgar holy war. Um, and that is made up of Kelm, Kelmamunus, 
Tharshilka <laughs> and Cumrezer and the vast mobs that followed them. Um, they, so they're already gone. They are days gone by this point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I guess, yeah, because they built up for a year and a half. They, yeah. Why they, they fucking marched? Um, Mathanet was wroth. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I don't even know what that means. I think it's like similar to wrath, but it's like a active form of wrath. Like, I don't know. I'm busy trying to count how many times it says indenture in this chapter. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, we've got something about Gothielk. Mathanet was wroth and ports around the three seas. The great state sponsored contingents were finally preparing to embark. Gothielk, the Earl of Ingansenor was already at sea with hundreds of Tidoni thanes in their households. I'm so down though. I love all this shit. The Earl of Agans Gothiel, the Earl of Agansenor. So cool. My well, firstborn child's name. Yeah. More than fifty thousand trained and disciplined men. That's crazy. That's so many people. Um, yeah. The it's that's <clears throat> quite a lot. Well then even it says all told they said the men of the Tusk would have numbered over 300,000, mm-hmm. just enough to ensure the heathens' utter destruction. So, one thing I was thinking, especially the first time I read this, and I noticed it, or something that caught my interest in Game of Thrones books too, Song of Ice and Fire, was just how many thousands of people there were, and like, in armies, and then after each battle, what numbers are left. I'm not trying to be a stickler for, like, there has to be the exact right arithmetic, but just trying to get an idea of how many people, like, made it to the end. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed in some of the battles coming up, and it's probably in the Warrior Prophet, but tens of thousands of dudes die or get, you know, 10,000 will get sick and mm-hmm. have the sand diarrhea in the <laughs> desert or something, you know, yeah. get the monkey pox. Yeah, exactly. Come down with the... Um, Keanine monkey pox mm-hmm. and just like how many people made it to the end it's like probably a step I'm gonna say a staggering fraction mm-hmm. and then also I don't know why it was I was way more caught up over how many made it in the holy war over compared to how many made it to Golgotharath and the great ordeal mm-hmm. but that's like the ultimate slog of slogs mm-hmm. to see how many there's like, I think there's a bunch of them still at the Battle of Golgotha, yeah, but I mean, there's tons. It's just like, you guys probably lost like ninety percent of your yeah. dude eating them all and fucking headbutting them while you're making out with them and right. ripping out their gonads. Dude, I can't wait for that scene to talk about that scene <clears throat> in like two years. The scalded. The scalded. Yeah, um, I imagine between the end of this book and the beginning of the uh, Great Ordeal, or whatever, uh, Thousand, no, Judging Eye, <clears throat> they probably have recruited a ton of new people and stuff. Oh, yeah, with all the unification wars, too, it, like, forced anybody who wasn't willingly joining. Mm-hmm. But we'll see quickly, the, or not quickly, but by the end of the chapter, the Vulgar Holy War gets pwned, so it seems like the th- at least 300,000 people are going to be dead. What do you mean? There's 300,000 people in the Vulgar Holy War? Yeah, all told, they really? said the men of the Tusk would have numbered over 300,000, just enough to ensure the heathens' utter destruction. I thought that was in total. Like, that's the total number of... Okay, no, you're right. That's what the estimated total of the Holy War would be, 300,000. So that's what they're expecting. I'll, right. We'll figure. I'll figure it out how many people are about to get got 
or somebody that knows will probably mention it. But it's like a fucking slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny the way that they they like very concisely and kind of tersely say they got they got dicked on basically. <laughs> it's very funny. Good word, terse. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I'm feeling very vocabularic, you know. Yeah. Um, this is some interesting. I thought this part was interesting. The citizens of Momem swamped the city walls to watch the men of the Tusk depart. So the vulgar holy war having left. Um, Many jeered at the pilgrims, who had long ago earned the contempt of their host, but most, however, remained silent, watching the endless fields of humanity trudge toward the southern horizon. Um, it's just like, the world is so sad. It's yeah. just like a horrible place to exist. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just apathy. I, like, we talk about how we don't often get to see the kind of the commoner, or just like the Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. but here they are, <clears throat> like, feeling apathetic about all the craziness that they're powerless. Like, they, they don't have any control over what's happening around them. Yeah. I wonder, that's probably, I think, I, wow, that's like a lot of ways I tried to start that sentence. All um, of them were good. All of them are good. Good ways to oh, start the sentence. Thank you. I would assume that um, this is a reason why a bunch of commoners, like a huge amount of the, a huge proportion of the vulgar holy war, if not, you know, most of it, um, joined because they wanted to feel empowered and have a purpose and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You might have just read this, but it talks about endless thousands of impoverished, low caste men, hard faced, carrying only hammers, picks, or hoes. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. Those dudes are just gonna get so wasted. Yeah. They get pwned. Yeah. <clears throat> um, total destruction and misery and everything. Um, entire crops would be trampled, orchards, orchards and groves stripped by the army moving. Mm-hmm. It made me think um, of George R. R. Martin said... Um, famously or infamously that he was like his the difference between him and Tolkien is that he wants to know what um, Aragorn's tax policy would be Mm. as king (laughs) and like I think this is a moment where it kind of goes into that where it you know it shows I also talked about the time it takes to get places but it shows the food that they're consuming and the actual human and environmental effects of the big ass um not army, but whatever, mob mobilizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it kind of just also made me think, I'm not like a Civil War historian by any means, but <clears throat> made me think of Sherman's March to the Sea. Mm-hmm. And um, he that was like, they had the scorched earth policy um, where they just destroyed people's farms and industry and railroads and all that shit, just like take no prisoners, mm-hmm. burnt everything down, and... That's what this made me think of. They're not... I don't think they're intentionally trying to, like, leave a path of destruction there. But just, like, it's a consequence of their um, eagerness and hubris. And they're just, like, trampling through mm-hmm. towns and lives and everything. Yeah. I agree. Um, Baker does a good job. And uh, Kama says logistical. Yeah. He does a good job of grounding, really, the whole world. The whole... Um, I don't know, world of Iroa and, and its place next to other things. Like, 
he just does a good job of explaining things in ways that, that are like ir- irrefutable, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like, like kind of what you said, like maybe Tolkien is like, this guy's good and he's good because he's good. But, yeah. um, but the logistics are cool. Yeah. I like, I think it says they only traveled about like 10 or 15 miles a day or something. Yeah. Definitely said that is staggering. Um, and also the, like all the siege, all the sieges of the cities and stuff feel realistic to me mm-hmm. and they're just miserable and they have to build <laughs> the catapults and trebuchets and stuff out of trees and I don't know, it's just dope. Yeah. It does not steer away from the just like horrific parts of what it would be like to live like back in the mid- medieval days or whatever. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast about Jonestown, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Jones and the Jonestown thing. Mm-hmm. When they moved to Guyana and South America and were trying to make their cult town, they were just decided to build it like in the jungle. That's what, it, I don't know. He was on drugs and everything and mm-hmm. didn't have a great plan, but <clears throat> there were trees that were so hard that it broke chainsaws mm-hmm. and they asked like the natives, um, how to like deal with it and they said they would just wiggle trees back and forth so much that eventually they would be able to pull them out Mm -hmm. and just thinking about how fucking much work that would be to do anything yeah i had thought of that and this at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense Mm -hmm. hey meg what's up welcome (laughs) welcome um, and then I think I got a follower. What's up, uh, Ross? Thank you for following and welcome. Welcome, grandmother. <clears throat> welcome, grandmother. Um, yeah. Let's see. They're marching. Um, it says with Tharshoka, Kamrezer, and several lesser nobles, he entered. He entered as Giliok and was promptly taken captive. Oh yeah. So that's they get to the uh, whatever it's called. Um, oh yeah. Eventually, the men of the Tusk found themselves beneath the Unaris Mountains, which for so long for so long had been the southern bulwark for the cities of the Kyrene Plain. Mm-hmm. Kyrenia Plain or something. Uh, but anyway, it's the walls of Asgiliot. I just thought it was hilarious that they, they get invited in and are immediately taken captive. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. Yeah, it's... Uh... I don't know. Kind of a boner move. Yeah. Bozo. Bozo. Big Bozo. Major. Ooh. Um, what's up, Ross? Uh, he says, Ross says, hey, just starting the darkness to come to four myself. Hell yeah, I've picked up a dozen times over the past ten years, but it's finally stuck right about where you guys are. Hell yeah. The only thing is that we spoil so much. And I don't think that we could not spoil like the way that we talk about it you know what i mean yeah i think that our only saving grace would be that it might not make any goddamn sense (laughs) yeah but shit that sucks i feel like if you want to keep the integrity of the book and not have any spoilers you will get lots of spoilers here um but we're not going to outright just talk about how God comes down and has big white gloves on and a double pendulous phallus and 
jerks off in every direction and black cum rains down in the end. Like that's we're not gonna cover the the cum storm. But like we kinda do. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a cum storm, by the way. Oh now you've spoiled Well that's it. a spoiler, see? <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny, but... Yeah, B-Rad emphasizes major. There's some significant spoilers happening pretty consistently. I think the series is still worth it, even if it's spoiled, but yeah, just I think a major warning that everyone is giving is appropriate. Yeah. Thank you for... Well, first of all, thank you for introducing yourself. <laughs> Hello. Sorry if I just want you to stay. You no, I want you to be here, but also, if you don't, like, it'd be fucked up. If I would be pissed. If I, like, learned, if I, somebody just, like, told me the end of the book or some shit. Yeah, the cum. The cum dumpster (laughs) explosion. Yeah. Um, like, the end of The Sopranos got spoiled for me. Oh, man. He orders fries, and he doesn't get to eat them? Yeah. I don't know. I... (laughs) The end? I don't know. (laughs) Should we spoil it? Don't spoil it. Yeah, people might not watch it. Um, Onion rings, not fries. Uh, Ross says, I don't really sweat spoilers. I think you're right. There's so much shit happening that I don't think I will be able to remember or connect things, even if it is spoiled. Okay. I'm just going to trust that, you know, yeah. people have agent. You can just know, do whatever you want to do in this world. Oh yeah. Ain't no rules in life, bro. No rules. <coughs> Hell yeah. Well, welcome grandmother. But there, uh, yeah, there will be spoilers. Blood. Anyway, we've said it enough. Do you think that'll be... Is Nayer your favorite character? <laughs> is my favorite character. I'm, I'm probably making you feel so bad about that. I don't even think you said that very much. No, so I'm, It's me, the one that keeps saying it. I'm good. Um, I did want to read what happens <coughs> whenever... Uh, so, it's from Kelmamunus' <coughs> perspective in As Gileoth. It says, Kelmamunus, however, replied with laughter. He admitted that sinew for sinew, weapon for weapon, the vulgar holy war was likely no match for the Padi Rajah's armies. But this, he claimed, was of no consequence, for surely the latter prophet had shown that frailty, when suffused with righteousness, was unconquerable. He says, We have left Sumna and the Shraya behind us. With every step we draw nearer holy Shima, with every step we draw closer to paradise. Proceed with care. Prophilus, for as Henry Sejanus himself said, woe to he who obstructs the way. So they're just like, they're going rogue. Yeah. He, like, they, and he knows that, he says, sinew for <clears throat> sinew and weapon for weapon, they're, like, so outmatched by the Padi Raja. I don't know, it's just interesting. You'd think that they would, I don't know. Zealots. Yeah, I think they're, that, they're they're believers. Yeah, I think their zeal has just got them coming prematurely, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, what's that dude like from a video game, Leroy Jenkins? Mm-hmm. That's like I don't even really know what that's all about, but that's how I pictured this. Doesn't he just start charging? Yeah, they're like about to start a hard um, room and a raid and wow, and everybody's like, there's this like long conversation where everybody's. <laughs> identifying their roles and like do you know how to do that and like yeah yeah you know how to do this and and then he just goes <laughs> it's great Fucking y'all have seen it come on <laughs> and he just sends it that's a good one man that's what it made me think of even though I'm like only vaguely aware yeah I gotta mention something real quick I sent you that picture of the Paul Atreides my name is Killing Word t-shirt mm-hmm. and totally forgot yeah. to mention okay. it 
What's that? It's up there, right? Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, it just it just caught my eye that it's back in the Nayer section, but he talks about um, an outlander, which is Malengus, who could speak killing words, which I think is him doing yeah. um, either manipulation or uh, maybe literal sorcery. It's but an interesting way to put it, killing words. Yeah. I just love in the... I can't remember if it's even in the Dune book, but I love in the David Lynch Dune... Not the weirding modules where he kept saying Muad'Dib and they shoot lasers, but just his thought to himself where he's just like standing there and he's like, my name is a killing word. I thought that was like one of the most epic lines from that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that's why I thought of that uh, Dune connection because he's a, Baker's a Dune fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's a fan of the David Lynch 1980 film, but. Probably. Yeah. He's a weirdo. Oh yeah, Meg. We're getting dramatic in here. I'm um, I'm gonna act out some, some stuff. <coughs> <coughs> All right. So they get pwned. Um, let's see. Blah blah blah. But they leave. They let him go. Um, they're going past the mountains. Let's see. Uh, they're yeah. just so pathetic and sad. Women saying gentle hymns while their husbands sharpen whatever weapons, pick scythes, old swords and maces they've been able to scavenge. They're truly just belief and no it's like all will, no skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all will, no skill. When does it say that they got they get pwned? I think it's at the very end. <clears throat> really? It actually skips the... Uh, it doesn't... Okay. So now we're moving on to compass. Yeah, it's the second to last page in the chapter. Okay. It mentions okay. it, but... I love the way that it describes it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's go to the um, the courtly yeah. scene. Compass? Yeah. Get it, dude. The Anon I have arrived. Uh, you're going to have to take me there. I lost my spot. Um, it's <clears> right <throat> after the uh, Kalmamun is fucking getting out of Giliok. Oh, right. Um, when the news of the vulgar holy wars passed into the, into the heathen, heathen lands reached Sumna, Maithnet dismissed his court and retired to his chambers. His servants turned all petitioners away, informing them that the holy shriya prayed and fasted and would do so until he learned the fate of the first wayward half of his holy war. So I guess that's not quite confess, but, um... He's not taking any questions, is what, what I thought. Um, and I think that it's because he has his plan so set, he just needs to like let it simmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think he actually gives a shit? <clears throat> oh, emotionally, no. Yeah, like all of his so. emotions are... Yeah. I think he's pretty robotic, but... Um... Oh, dude, I'm so stressed out about saying spoilers no uh well he absolved himself yeah we love you ross we love ross um underscore 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 (laughs) to emphasize the dopeness for sure i just i don't know something about him just deciding to saying that he's praying and fasting it's like everything's calculated to a t and mathenet's plan and um it just i liked it Mm -hmm. he's like pretending perfectly that he's the Pope and he's mm-hmm. got his faith and everything's going to work out the way he wants it to. Yeah. <clears throat> it is interesting knowing 
what we know, like, to view, viewing Mathanet's actions and, like, wondering, like, he's just so, he's so calculating. He's a liar. For sure. The first time I read the books, too, I kind of dismissed Mathanet. I just, he was in the first chapter, and then I think he's in a chapter in, uh, where he's, act like, an active participant in a chapter in Thousandfold Thought, and mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. I kind of was like, okay, we're gonna forget about this dude. Yeah, but he was mentioned more than I expected. As we, more often than I expected, as we reread through this. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do get to Confus and the Emperor. The Anoni have arrived. I found your spot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Anoni. <laughs> the painted-faced Anoni. I was thinking about. I think they paint their faces white for war. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about doing that, and then I was <gasps> like, well, what? makeup or paint do you use and then I'm gonna look like a fucking crazy person on the screen I'm sure I'll do it that would be point. dope actually yeah should we break out the chain mail uh if you want to I don't know where it is because right. it's in your house somewhere <laughs> <laughs> uh we've got cosplay I feel embarrassed saying cosplay but we've got we've got some stuff to put on as we progress deeper yeah. and deeper yeah. Into the butthole of the story. Into the slog of slogs. Yeah. Um, the Scarlet Spires are there to um, entreat and discuss shiz with... Uh, Yours truly. Yeah. With Comfy Boy and Zarias and uh, Skaeus is a big player in, mm-hmm. in this next section. Skaeus does some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... So it shows that the emperor intended that the holy vulgar holy war would eat shit and die, mm-hmm. and so that that would require um, the thousand temples and Mathanet to uh, make this indenture, which is mentioned twelve the word indenture twelve times in this chapter. Nice. Um, to uh, yeah, they have to like make an agreement to get the power of the empire behind them, so they could actually win the war. Um, and Zarias, it even says somewhere that he's, like, completely an ungodly man, or not a man of religion, I think mm-hmm. Confus says. And he just wants his land and power, like it was mentioned in one of the preface quotes for a chapter, where mm-hmm. it's the ancestral squabbles run deep, whatever that one said. Yeah. Um, but he's the only one that knows of the plan, other than um, maybe Skaeus right now. Confus discovers it through context clues, mostly. Yeah. And His rigorous, penetrating insight. So much academic, penetrating academic rigor. Yeah. And, uh... Scrutiny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, uh, the thousand... Not the thousand temples. There's so many guys. So many yeah. dudes. The Scarlet Spires are, like... They figured it out, though. Yeah. And they're here to be, like, we're on to you. We're on to you, but yeah. we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Kinda. Yeah, they're, like... Don't fuck with us. Yeah. And we'll just figure it out whenever it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. The Anona... This is irrelevant, but the Anona were civilized <laughs> despite their archaic devotion to their beards. <laughs> I underlined that, too. It's hilarious. Yeah. I have to be right back. One second. I realize that I left the food out. I'll be right back. Oh, no. You're stuck with me again? Yeah. Zarias is playing 4D chess. Um, Kama mentioned that. And... It's kind of surprising to me. Like I knew that this was intended, because um, uh, I've read this series twice. But I always picture him as super incompetent, 
and he actually does have some competence and some intellect, um, which is important because war is intellect. Um, that meme is made that's up on the screen is made by Nilfrog on uh, Reddit. I assumed it was like Nilbog from um, Trolls 2, Goblin Town. Nilfrog, I don't know if that's backwards, but Nil. <laughs> Nilgorf. Um, Skaeus, comma, thanks for the um, <clears throat> addition to and bringing me back instead of trying to spell made up words backwards. But Skaeus helps him. Um, yeah, Skaeus has an interesting um, role in this chapter, interesting contributions. They're um, climbing some shit? Where does it say that? Well, he. Confus uh, and Skaeus talk quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of, like, dick sucking, and um, I don't actually know what's the non vulgar way to say that brown nosing I guess um where they're trying to compliment people oh hell yeah thank you cupcake there's a cup of cakes like people are trying to they're playing the Janan game which I was just thinking is pretty much straight up passive, passive aggression it's like southern hospitality yeah bless your heart bless your heart Zarias damn this is good dude um the Scarlet Spires totally bless your heart, Zarias. All oh, up and down. Yeah. All up and down the block. Oh, so I don't even remember how this came in, but I noticed another. Um, I want to get to that because that's the important part, but I noticed another. Spoiler alert, um, Ross. Another Skaeus is a skin spy moment mm -hmm. where they're climbing some shit or walking really fast. <laughs> Skaeus did not complain about the pace um and aside from swinging his arms like an old <laughs> monkey he showed no signs of strain dude confess and Darius are such like narcissistic monsters the yeah. way they think about other people <laughs> like it would be like so unacceptable for me to have a thought <laughs> that somebody looked like that you know yeah yeah, you definitely feel ashamed of yourself. I'd be like, you... Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I, why do I even think that? This is just normal. <laughs> what anyway, them. he says, what did he say? He said that he's he's walked like a monkey with his arms, his arms swinging like an old monkey. Uh, and then later when he thinks that he's like, Skaeus and my mom or my aunt, uh, Estrella, have been fucking scheming behind my back. He was like, I wonder if they fucked. <laughs> it's like an old old prune fucking a twig. Yeah. It's like, ruthless. <laughs> so funny. Uh, he's imagining Skaeus in a seersucker suit. I don't even know what seersucker is. It's, it's like, a, oh, funny. That just goes with, um, I think, the Southern Hospitality thing. Oh, dude. Like a fucking KFC-looking mojo. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking of some drunk-ass pastel easter ass looking person yeah. at uh churchill downs mm -hmm. getting wasted in a hundred degree heat yeah like at a horse race or something <laughs> but it's like hairy in the wrong places and like <laughs> punched over yeah oh his mouth unfold his face unfolds <laughs> <laughs> he falls asleep and lets his his face fucking curls unfold on accident <laughs> Alright, um, 
Over the years, more than one Imperial Apparati had died of what they called the clutch, <laughs> as the palace inhabitants called it. Um, according to his grandmother, past emperors had actually used the climb to dispose of aging and quarrelsome functionaries, giving them messages allegedly too important to be trusted to slaves and demanding their immediate return. It's hilarious. Oh, gotcha. So it's like just this arduous ass. Yeah path to <laughs> that's so funny I, I dig that it's like a way to filter I don't know you guys get it but yeah I mean that's right before he said remarkably Scaeus did not complain aside from swinging his arm like an old monkey monkey <laughs> so funny man <clears throat> yeah dude mm-hmm. um... <laughs> side story real quick uh, the Jim Jones podcast uh-huh. Jonestown podcast Jim Jones, when he, before he was, like, real powerful and getting all the money of his congregation, he had to sell spider monkeys on the side to make his money. Did I send you that podcast clip? Uh-uh. Oh, fuck, I need to play it for you, but... I would listen to that podcast. Okay, I'll link it up, but it's the last podcast on the left about Jim oh, okay. Jones. okay, gotcha. Super obnoxious, but I love those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. It took me a minute, but they have this this audio recording of this woman who, she's like... Well, my aunt, old lady, she's like, my aunt, her, her monkey ended up, her pet monkey ended up hanging himself. And so I went into the Indianapolis Star and looked up monkey salesman and (laughs) found Jim Jones and talked to him and he was real nice. Monkeys were $29, which according to inflation calculator is about $250 now. It's not bad. It's like a tattoo. Yeah, spider monkey versus tattoo. Two therapy sessions. <laughs> um, and she fucking, her aunt or whatever, like, I don't think she died in Jonestown, but she fell in with the people's temple because her monkey committed suicide and she bought a new monkey from Jim Jones. And the weirdest thing was she just mentioned her monkey hanging himself like it was totally normal. Like, Dude, yeah. my uncle and I were laughing about the monkey making, like, a tiny little monkey noose. Writing <laughs> a suicide note. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the stool. I sad monkey. <laughs> That's wild. Anyway. Man. I had a bunny that killed itself. <laughs> what? How did you do that? It's a long story. Oh, man. my God. It's a long, sad story. <laughs> Won't go into it. But it is possible. We're in our element right now. Yeah, we're flowing. I'm in a flow state big time. I could definitely win in any Call of Duty match. Oh, and then Jonestown got a pet chimpanzee called Mr. Muggs. Dude, and he was the first one to die at the massacre. They shot him in the back of the head. That's horrible, dude. Before they gave everybody the poison flavor aid, they, they shot Mr. Shot Muggs in the back of the head. Oh, no. Because they knew that he was about to go buck wild. They could have just let him go in the jungle. Yeah. They kept him in a cage and then fucking brained him. R.I.P. Mr. Mugs. Yeah. Um, Confus says some interesting stuff. He said, so he's remarking that because he's not a visitor, he's being treated differently or he's having a different <clears throat> reception. He said, had he been a visitor rather than a resident... Bare-chested slave girls would have served him heady wines laced with Nilnameshi narcotics. Dude. Pot-bellied eunuchs would have delivered gifts of scented oil and ceremonial weaponry. So cool. I wish I was that. I mean, sorry that people are enslaved, but that just sounds pleasant. I would not want the slave 
interactions, but I would definitely want the heady lines and the narcotics. Probably just the narcotics, honestly. Like an extra helping of the narcotics. A large bowl of <laughs> yeah. unwatered narcotics. <laughs> a large bowl of unwatered Nil Nameshi narcotics. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but he and Skeos go into a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're really talking. They have a deep conversation for several pages. Yeah, which which got me thinking. Yeah, what you thinking about? Well, I'm not sure. (laughs) It just sparked some ideas. But um, he's kind of stirring the pot. Skeos is kind of stirring the pot. He's talking to Confus about how his uncle excluded him from a plan. Mm -hmm. The plan, which I think is the failure of the vulgar holy war. So he's kind of juggling the two, like, starting to pit them against each other, I think. Iskaiosis? I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and I might have um, skipped a lot of the stuff that you took notice of, but which I'm excited to hear. Um, <clears throat> but an- the other thing that caught my eye was about, he was kind of, Confus was poking back at Skaius. He goes, what kind of game are you playing, Skaius? Um you think that by wounding my vanity you could provoke me to act against my uncle, against my emperor? Are you trying to incite me to sedition? And he comes out of left field to me with this. No, no, I'm an old fool, I know, but my days on this earth are numbered. I rejoice at the life the gods have given me. I rejoice at the sweet fruits I've eaten for the great men I've known. Um... I've lived long enough to witness you grow into your glory, but this plan of your uncle is to deliver a holy war to its destruction. A holy war? I feel fear for my soul, I carry confidence. My soul. And then Confus was dumbstruck that he, that Skaius might have a thought that was unique to himself. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, bruh. Dude. But, um. That's a crazy passage, though. Yeah, like, okay, the thing that stuck out for me the most was him saying he feared for his soul. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's authentic because the he's um, from the console. He's an Incoroi piece of techne, I guess, because he's a skin spy. They were genetically engineered, right? But can't remember if skin spies have souls. I don't think they do. Okay, because yeah, they're just weapons, right? So that's what that's what I wasn't sure, and so that's why I was wondering if he if. Skaius, or the thing called Skaius, was legitimately afraid of hell and damnation. Maybe he just has that idea because that's what his squad's whole modus operandi is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I wasn't sure if he had a soul or not, and getting that he doesn't. But well, chat should weigh in on that too, for sure. Because I'm not. I, that's just my perception. No, I think you're right. And then there's just some weird shit in like the. Judging Eye or um, the White Luck Warrior with that one skin spy that like kind of helps my Mara. Oh yeah. Where I can't remember. Maybe she can see him or not see him with the Judging Eye, but he was acting weird, and I still don't really understand why he was like nice to her. Mm-hmm. Something about fulfilling the prophecy, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like it's at least sort of an echo or like a, a leaking whisper of. Um, a sibilant hiss, if you will, oh. of uh, of the Incorai coming through and the consult coming through. They fear for their souls, I carry confess. Wait, say that again. So, where 
at the end of this, he's still playing, Skaeus is playing Compass. Right. But I thought that the line, I fear for my soul, I carry Compass yeah. my soul. I yeah. thought that that was like maybe some either foreshadowing or like sort of their like real mission is like kind of leaking out, mm-hmm. seeping out, seeping through. Yeah. I think so. I think um, kind of like my impression is like kind of just toying with, it's like a making fun of somebody by saying something that they don't understand Ooh. or that they don't get. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It just it makes sense to me too. I just wrote LOL next to it. That was my commentary. <laughs> Dude, that's good too. We got the, some chat going too. The um, audiobook uh, performance of that passage is really good too. Really? Yeah. But um, yeah, let's hit the chat. Cut from Kiri... Canv, Chamf, fuck man. The meat, Irwad does have choice narcotics. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, I wonder what the meat would feel like. Except for, it's mm. kind of like the spice where once you take it, once you're kind of fucked. Yeah, I feel like it's a slow burn. It's probably not that fun. I just uh, applied to work, or not work, but volunteer to hospice. Yeah. And if I got some meat, I could just start trying it out on these dying people. Yeah, that'd be cool. Experiments. That'd be ethical. Totally ethical. Yeah. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Yeah. Um, who fears the Kisharam? Um, the skin spy, I think Kama was referring to. Or, oh. or Skaos. Yeah. yeah. Both. No, correct. Yeah, thank you. And then um, Salking suggests that that one has a soul. Um, are you talking about that one being Skaos? I think he means the one helping my Mara yeah. out. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about. And then that's interesting because it's like makes you think of how does one obtain a soul and how does it develop yeah it's kind of the problem with like people that don't believe in evolution or an argument against creationism Mm -hmm. is that like who had the first soul was it a human like if people evolved from monkeys do monkeys not have souls and then is like a neanderthal of souls the Mm -hmm. missing link i don't know there's this whole thing that somebody said really well on the YouTube video, and that stuck in my mind, but I can't reproduce it very well. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, Kelp, uh, Salt says yes. Um, the one helping or, my Mara. Thank you. <clears throat> and then Kelpferon writes, There's an incur- reoccurring theme in the books of characters appearing deep and soulful, then being reptilian calculators behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I A c- lot of that. Well said. I think well that said. that um, might show a lot of what Baker thinks of people. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's almost every character is outwardly, their like intentions and how they act in the world are very contradictory. Yeah, um, it's like a, almost like over exaggeration of humanity. Like, there's a little bit of that going on all the time with anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I might do something that seems nice, but it's because I was, like, wanting something or whatever. But it's, like, every character is that turned up to, like, a thousand. Yeah, I hope that he, the baker himself, um, does view his portrayal of humanity as an exaggeration. And not yeah. that it's literal, because that would suck to live in that world. yeah. Nihilist alien torture world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's see. Um, Before that, before that chapter, 
confess or not chapter before that passage i'm getting like tired and brain dead what kind of um confess says what kind of game are you playing chaos did you think that by wounding my vanity you could provoke me to act oh you already said that yeah um, i was skipping around though no no that's fine i was just curious because i don't know what game is scales actually playing at you know yeah i mean i think he's we talked about it the other day it was, i think it was mostly chat generated but about the the plan mm-hmm. it's all part of the plan there's several plans plans within plans oh shit that's what um dune is always on about too mm-hmm. you know they had to dune it to him they know you had to do it to him there's also a part where scale says no, I care nothing for Mathanet or Shima, for that matter. But he, and then he says, "You are young. You wouldn't understand my motives. The young can never see life for what it is—a knife's edge, as thin as the breaths that measure it." I just think it's funny. It, again, like kind of the taunting, mm-hmm. like "Ha ha! I know that I'm an ancient techne weapon, and you don't. <laughs> I'm old as fuck." <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't catch that. I thought it was just like. Where an old man is trying to tell you, young kid, about what life's really like. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's just, just like, like a double layer. It's like irony, I guess. No, for sure. I just, uh, it's cool you pointed that out because he's probably hundreds, if not thousands of years old. He's probably like jerking off too under like, <laughs> I just imagine the skin spy is like always jerking off what if they're, when they're talking to people and stuff. Their dicks were fingers too. They might be. Like the baby hand? <laughs> With the fist on the end? Yeah. Yeah, that more epic speech, though. Um, what gives life depth is the future. Without a future, without a horizon of promise or threat, our lives have no meaning. Only the future is real, Compass. And unless I make amends to the gods, I have no future left. So, I think that that's like... Hmm. Talking more about damnation and trying to escape damnation is the subtext, but... What do you think about this, like, philosophically? Yeah, it is an interesting take, because it's um, not in line with, kind of, I think, what's popular. Just, like, living in the moment is the right thing, or the only thing that's real is the present. Yeah. Um, but I guess I would say that there's a little bit of both. Like, the fu- the way that we experience the future is perceptual, and it happens in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's like we we conceptualize our lives, think, being able to think of what's going to happen in the future, and that just that helps us experience the world in the moment. So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It makes sense. I mean, you have to have conditions to make life feel fulfilling or grounded. It's mm-hmm. like our minds like to have a sense of linear progression, and without that progression or a sense of progression, it can feel pretty ungrounded, scary. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, driving force, I guess, is, um, I think, uh, Skeus also mentions, he, no, Skeus is talking earlier, but Compass says, um, a man needs hunger. No man achieves so much in so little time without hunger. And I think that, mm-hmm. th- that, um, is a reference to it that he hasn't eaten lunch. <laughs> really? Sorry. <laughs> No, no, I just thought it tied in with the the future, like craving mm-hmm. to change things or to, for what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Buddha would argue that craving for existence is the thing that gets you reborn over and over again. Yeah, maybe that's what they want, because in, in their metaphysics, damnation is 
Not Rebirth, I would guess. I guess so. Well, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. Me neither. It's too much. Skaeus conspired with his grandmother, though. Yep. You must bait both of them, Skaeus. Mm. Bait. Bait. Yeah. He wonders if the old drab had taken Skaeus as a lover. <laughs> Likely, he concluded, and winced at the accompanying image like a prune fucking a twig, like you mentioned. Yeah, it's such a good line. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I'm running out of steam. Me too, but I can sort of hit the summary button. Yeah, let's hit the let's hit the Dougie on it a little bit. <laughs> Dude, the stanky an, leg. There's important stuff happening. It's probably the more more important shit of the chapter. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that, we can we can uh, do like the next half if we want to be rigorous about it. Or we can just do it, whatever you want. I want to power through, I okay, think. Okay, let's power through. Because... Stay consistent. I was rambling back and forth. I think the gist of it is in our um, inanity. But... Yeah. Um, Kevin Ketri and Eliazarus from the uh, Scarlet Spires come in, and they have a big old chat. Mm-hmm. And um, they threaten the Emperor. Um, he was like... You're trying to hijack the Holy War for your own purposes. And uh, Eliazarus is <clears throat> completely driven by revenge against the Kisharim because they yeah. killed his uh, grandmaster, mm-hmm. who was probably fingering him from a young age as well. <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. Um, but he's dead set on fucking making it to Shima and. Killing the, um, you know, the Kianin, or what are they, the Kisharam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's surprising to me that they're motivated by revenge. I think even Zarias or somebody mentions later on that they don't believe that that's true because um, the Scarlet Spires are too mercantile. Hmm. Whatever. Which, that was that is my thought. Like, I had that same sentiment. I was like, really? Revenge? That seems like kind of not profitable or... Something. But anyway, go on. No, that's a good point. Maybe we'll see some shit in the future that will either confirm or complicate that. Because it does seem like a pretty, like, simple motive. Yeah. It could also... I was thinking it could also just be, like, Eliazarus is the one who cares the most and he kind of just drums up excitement for everybody else to, like, follow him. and, Mm -hmm. And again, gives him a purpose and get to, like, use their... Uh... I was going to say abstractions, but I don't think they do abstractions. I don't know. Use their anagogists to, mm-hmm. I don't know. Poop just fire into the world. Yeah, like an excuse to go fucking hurt some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to use your power. Yeah. Well, and they may get some political clout by being the ones that destroy the Kisharam. You know, it's like some competitive stuff going on. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're so jealous of the mandate and stuff, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, the revenge thing is interesting, because, mm. yeah, is it or is it not the main catalyst for their involvement? Um, but I think that Eliazarus threatening them and being like, we know what you're doing, you fucked over the vulgar holy war, so you can jump in and take control. Um, I think it's Compass is realizing this for the first time, or maybe fully realizing it after Skaeus, uh talked to him earlier. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
And he's stoked about it, right? Confus likes to plan. I think he does, but it's also weird, like confusing to me. Um, he thinks even the foreigners know you're a fool, Uncle. Um, there's a uh, somewhere it says that Zari- they he insulted Zarias. Eliazarus insulted Zarias, and that like set him off. Mm-hmm. And so I think he started acting a fool and almost like starting to sabotage his own like plotting and plan mm-hmm. all the work he put into is like in jeopardy because of his vanity mm-hmm. but i couldn't completely understand why Confus was um calling him a fool but i well, think Confus is like subsumed into the the no yeah right well and there's some interesting um i guess more irony because what you were just saying Confus being or like Confus kind of thinking Zarias is getting getting tricked he says the small flattery was Zarias' undoing so um right what's the fucking Scarlet Spire's main guy's name again Eliazarus Eliazarus I can never remember it you're good um Eliazarus tells Zarias that it's a good plan and he loves it so for a brief instant his eyes flash with jubilant conceit that's Zarias mm-hmm. um Confus thinks to himself stupid men tended to be excessively proud of their few brilliant moments. Mm. Um, so just judging that. But then in the next the next um, page, Confus says, do they, Confus asks, genuinely surprised that his grandmother's moniker traveled so far so fast, surprised and pleased, very pleased. And he's remarking um, that the name line of Cayuth has traveled very far. So it's just like, he's equally as... Um, excessively proud of his brilliant moments. Like, the, oh, yeah. there's no difference between him and Zarias as far as their conceit goes. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. It is. It's that fucking stupid, you spot it, you got it thing. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. And talk about them seeing themselves as gods. It's the only difference between them two is that Zarias thinks that he's God and Compass thinks that he's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says. This Confus decides that the Grandmaster would lick his ass as clean as a cat's. Right. <laughs> Given the opportunity. <laughs> Baker's going in. I wonder, he's just snappy in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. Lick his ass. As clean as a cat's. Clean as a cat's. For all his penetration is the next mm-hmm. thing, too. Eliazarus had misjudged him. Uh... I'm sure there's more that I'm missing, but um, they kind of sign off with Eliezer saying, we can make the world burn with our song, young Confus. We need no one. And uh, that ends up not being true because they get fucking pawned at the end of the Holy War, too. Yeah. <clears throat> but more hubris. Yeah. So I guess what happened is um, the Scarlet Spires agreed to sign the indenture as long as... They didn't sabotage the Holy War, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the main, like, actual plot thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. And they were passive-aggressive. Yeah. Or aggressive-aggressive. Aggressive-aggressive. Um. So Confus is just feeling a little stressed out now. Yeah. He is... He's fine. He's trying to make sure he's, like, not missing any sticks. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what everybody's real plans and motivations are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
He said it was official the Scarlet Spires had joined the Holy War to bring some pre-existing war with the Kisharim to conclusion. Um, he thinks this is, he basically thinks this is fine. Their, their uh, agendas will not cross. Um, but he is like, why would Mathenet get um, Scarlet Spires rather than another school? Mm-hmm. Um, my thought was that it's because they're the biggest school mm-hmm. and like arguably the most powerful um like accepted school because nobody likes the fucking mandate yeah but these guys will they have like public and political clout mm-hmm. and monetary clout and i don't know he sees the for sure fashion icons yeah like Elron hubbard <laughs> yeah he just sees exactly. that Mathen- <laughs> he just sees that Mathenet has like more to him mm-hmm yeah, that's what I got out of the compass. And then, you want to read the hell yeah your dude. favorite part? This is what I've been waiting for. The so this is after compass just chatting with himself. So, um, a new section that says the news arrived days afterwards. The vulgar holy war had been annihilated. Period. <laughs> it's good. You they can... get they get pwned, <laughs> completely wiped out. There's like four or five people that make it back. Not that I'm sure there's a little bit more, but like six or seven. Um, but they get dicked on on the plains of Mengeta, which is some foreshadowing. Oh, good right? catch! Yeah, it's also a topoi. Yeah, the vulgar war had been utterly overcome on the plains of Mengeta. Total, to, total topos, topoi. Get toped. Um, and then some Kianine messengers come and they bring. Um, compass specifically a, a message and it says we cannot count the carcasses of your idolatrous kin so many have been felled by the fury of our righteous hand praise be the solitary god know that house Ikiri has been heard it's interesting yeah i think it kind of makes him nervous because it says he was 27 mm-hmm. but he's seen lots of wars but also he remembers so many have been felled and countless carcasses uh, I think it's got a little bit of uncertainty put into it, like a seed of uncertainty put into his mind, but he ultimately takes this news as like affirmation that he's God and every, he's better than everybody else. Yeah. He doesn't feel bad at all. He's like, they chose me. Yeah. Damn. And it's like, nobody had just thrown away a gigantic pile of human lives this big before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's like, I'm a God. What does he say? He lay hidden in the womb of events. I told god. you, I'm a god. The womb of events. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, that's fine. That's it? So yeah. For an instant, Confus felt like a thief, which uh, mentioned thief in the very mm-hmm. beginning little sentence. Yeah. The hidden author of a great loss. Well, yeah, because it was Zarias' plan, um, Confus wasn't fully involved, but mm-hmm. he was like, he played a role in it by kicking the Skilvendi's ass. It got motivation for people to come and mm-hmm. they could take over, I think. But um, the exhilaration he felt almost possessed a sexual intensity. Um, he loved the species of war. His every act was open to the scrutiny of others on the battlefield. Get scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, he lay... Hidden in the womb of events, like a god. I'm sorry, I don't know why I went back to read that whole paragraph that you already just finished. No, that's alright, because he does say, 
he mentions that he kind of digs the um, political, like, non-battleship. Because he says, On the battlefield, as every act was open to scrutiny of others, here, however, he stood outside uh, scrutiny, enacted destiny from a place that transcended judgment or recrimination. So, he likes it. Good point. Good catch. And that kind of just makes me think of the idea of the darkness that comes before, where he's enacting destiny, um putting plans within plans within plans and putting their dominoes in order or whatever. Like, uh, he's in control of everything. Yeah. We made it. We made it. That's the end of that chapter. Part three cometh. Yeah. I like that chapter. <clears throat> These, the last couple, last couple of chapters, well, I guess... Gosh, I'm like out of it. All of the Momo chapters here recently are very like political, very historical. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to get through. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of like contrasted it with all these things happen and a bajillion people die or take over a pirate island and like all this and then there's like two conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it works like as a composition for sure. Yeah. I, uh, Hope that we carried people's attention to the end because I started running out of steam hard. No, that's fine. We did good. Cool. I love y'all. What a fun little crew we have. Virat said thanks. No, thank you. No, thank you. You're the real hero. You're the real lamp. Dude. The light that comes in the middle. Oh, shit. Or towards the beginning. The light that came towards the beginning. Praise the meat. Kama's still here. It amazes me when people are still here at the end. Yeah. Like, what have you been doing? I don't know. Maybe they're really <laughs> kind and they're just like, oh shit, they kind of slowed down. Thank you, thank you. It's so awesome. No, I mean, I think that we just have a cool... Um... Praise the return of the purple comb. Oh yeah, thanks. Uh, I've been It's been in different parts of my hair the whole the episode. I was thinking about chewing some, how bad chewing gum during this would be. I don't think it would be bad. You can chew gum. We'll see. What if I, um, what if I chewed some gum with you, dude? I can bring the gum next time. (laughs) You can put in some fat dips. I was gonna, yeah. Maybe we'll just have some chaw. A great correspondence of cause. Yes. Cheers to that. Much love, indeed. I guess we can end it. Yeah, let's. I'm gonna read the uh, the meme. War is intellect. Truth shines. Death came swirling down. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> There's a couple more things. Smacking the baby arm around while viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Do what you gotta Good. do. I'm honored. That'd be cool. Wing job. Yeah. Doing some. All oh, right. Wing jobs. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Part three, talking about the harlot. We got a lot to talk about. Love y'all. Have a good night. Bye.